Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Uh, that is all I'm going to start this podcast with. Wow. Uh, I don't really know what else to say. I don't really know what else to do. The world is turning upside down. What a bloody night we've just had at the Rico Arena in Coventry. Welcome along to the World Grand Prix Daily. It is day five. The quarterfinals have happened. Jardeth Eaton, Jack Gobby Garwood, alongside you, as we always are, to try and dissect a night of darts. Uh, Gob, have you got any idea what's just happened there? Uh, yes. Phil Bars is back in his hotel room, bawling his eyes out. <laughs> Well, he will hopefully join us on the Phil Bars take later on. Uh, although, uh, he'll be, he'll, was that sorry? See you soon, boss. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Uh, just, just an astonishing night of darts. Uh, we will come on to all the other stories. We will talk about um, Dirt Van Dyvenboda beating Gary Anderson, uh, Gerwin Price looking like now the favourites go and win this uh, tournament and go number two in the world, and also Dave Chisnell's second straight unremarkable un- comeback against uh, against a player the song against Joe Cullen but Gob there is only one place to start and that is with the quarterfinal the third quarterfinal that took place between Michael Van Gerwen and Simon Whitlock I can ex- you know after the match play we sat here on the, on the match play daily and said that was one of the best performances that I've ever seen from Simon the fact that he came back against MBG the fact that he, well, I say he came back, he came back in terms of a record, because obviously he battered him off the board 11-4. I honestly reckon that this performance tonight, to go and beat him 3-0, 9-2 in legs, was even more impressive. Yeah, I completely agree, because it's time to just controlled the entire match from start to finish. Every chance that Michael seemed to get tonight was for a ton plus that he didn't have the combination for 
Simon was superb. It was one of them nights tonight, right? Everything Simon wanted, Simon hit. I see him miss the double 16 twice in a couple of legs to get in. And his response was ping double 19 first time and ping double 15 first time. That's when you know it's your night. That's when you know you can literally hit any segment on the outer ring you want whenever you want on demand. Well, when you're picking you off two niche doubles like that to get into legs, he then backs up with trebles as well. Like he, he just had Marco Van Gerwen in his crosshairs under pressure from the very first start. What happened was, obviously, you go back to that first leg, and I thought that was a crucial leg already. I know it's appreciated, it's only leg one, but it's a crucial leg. He misses double 19 for what would have been an unbelievable 158. Van Gerwen misses two, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, for the leg. And then he goes and pings double four with his last start in hand. That automatically showed that he's going to take chances under him. But then Van Gerwen missed two. To, sorry, no, MVG was left on 40, excuse me. He missed two in the next leg to level and hold his throw. And then he goes and pings a bloody 107 for the second leg and then goes and, and wins his opening set 3-0. And then obviously you look back on the second set, world number one, missing four darts and a double to, for, to take a 1-0 lead and hold his throw. Whitlock goes for a 100 out shot. He bloody loves two doubles finishes this week, doesn't he? Another double tops tops. I can't believe it. Picking off, picking off combinations that he wants whenever he wants. He, he, sounds weird, but his command of the dart, like... Even his misses aren't that big. He's just locked into every single target he's gone for all week. And I think he's going to win this tournament. I'm going to say it now. It's no surprise because I've already put it on Twitter twice tonight. And when he first got into the competition, I was like, watch him go and make a quarterfinal. That would be the most Simon thing in the world to do. Because it would. That's how he's kept himself in the top 16 over the last couple of years. But... <laughs> He keeps opening up for him, especially after that win that one. <laughs> yeah. He's favourite favorite to make the final, without yeah. being disrespectful. And once yeah. he gets there, he's been there before. He's been there before in, in PDC and BBO majors. Like, what's to stop him from going left in this title? Well, there is one player that will stop him, but we'll come on to that a bit later. I thought, again, big moments. You look at big moments that Van Gogh doesn't often, well, before this year, doesn't often miss. Van Gogh had a 1.16 to break the throw at the start of the third set because that was when Whitlock missed his uh, first real opportunity on his own throw. Van Gogh misses a 1.16 to break the throw at the start of the third set. I'm not suggesting that we would have been having a different conversation, but it really would have put the nerves, I think, behind Whitlock if that had gone. But then he goes and holds himself, one, you know, to, to get it one all, two, one. And Whitlock almost finished it off with a big fish. He had to set up for double four. I, I but thought he almost finished going. it. I thought I, I'm, I'm totally with you. I, I was there watching this going, oh my Mobile goodness. And I was getting notifications in my WhatsApp from uni friends going, yes, go on Simon. I'm like, does this go? No, my phone had just froze, so I missed the visits. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought it had gone. Um, mental, mental, absolutely mad. Uh, cracking with him, back to back wins against Marco Van Gogh, which does masses to invert the the record he had against him. It was one of the worst records in professional sport. Yeah, it was. Yeah, definitely. On a consecutive losing streak for so long against him, he started under some sort of spell, and Whitlock's broken that, reversed that, and and knocked him out of the two most recent big TV events. Really. And also, he missed. He's knocked him out quite convincingly in both. But once again, Van Gerwen, I, I said this, I said this to Barzi on our show a 
couple of days ago. I said that I'm still not sold him on the outer ring. There's still moments where he doesn't quite get it on the outer ring. Tonight, 2 of 12 finishing, 16.6% on your doubles. That ain't going to win you games, especially when, especially when Whitlock's chucking in 9 of 17 on the outer ring. He was just under pressure from the start. And at that point, he was willing them to go in. There, was, there wasn't any conviction. It was almost like, I'm going to throw this in. Not willing them. He was hoping that they were going to go in rather than being decisive and aggressive and, and making sure they go in in the way that he normally does, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get that. There's, there's, there's frailties in him. Um, he's not winning as often as he has done in previous years. Um, that's only his second set play loss, though, in 25 matches now. Still a not pretty bad, good is it? record. And not bad, is it? Expect him to, you'd expect him to add a couple more wins to that column at least come December. Um, whether or not you add one to that loss column or not is a completely different matter. But, yeah, you'd expect him to add a couple of wins to that at least in December. So, no, sh- in my opinion, no shame in losing to that performance tonight from Whitlock because that was magical from the Wizard. Yeah, it was. Like you said, yeah, I, Michael wasn't that great on the outer ring, but I think even if this game had gone close or Michael had found a way to make it competitive, I just think Simon was levels above him tonight. I think Simon had another gear if he needed it. He averaged over 100 for large parts of the game in a double in format once again. Um, yeah. He just looked very good. He kept the world number one at arm's length. And if Michael had found a way to take out things like the one one six where he missed the, the, the tops and dropped it low and that sort of thing, I just think Simon would have had enough to, to keep going, even if I got an extra set or two. And unless Michael kicks on and, and puts in that one oh seven average or whatever that he was throwing the other night and goes absolutely berserk, I think Simon had enough room for the entire night. You certainly have to talk to Phil Bars after his win, and let's hear from him now. The Wizard, absolutely dazzling against Michael Van Gerwen. Here he is. Simon, huge congratulations. I can tell by the <laughs> smile on your face, you thoroughly enjoyed that up there this evening, didn't you? I did enjoy it. You know, I'm still on a free roll again, but you know what? I can actually play darts. I know I'm actually quite good at double start, double finish, and yeah, I showed my true potential tonight, like I did on day one. Do you feel you set the whole tone and the pace of the game and dictated it? Yeah, I did from the word go, yeah. I just, you know, I, I tried to not play Michael. I just tried to play the board and I put that down to playing online darts for this whole year and it's sort of actually helped me. Just not watch my opponent, just play the game and, yeah, that, I think that's worked for me today. Do you feel you've got his number at the moment as well? Well, I've won two in a row on TV, well, but... I think he won probably 10 or 15 in a row before that. But, you know, I don't, I don't even know what to say. I just, I just believe in myself, and that's the main thing. I know I can beat any player on my day when I perform. Hit doubles, hit 180s, hit checkouts. We all know what I can do. Have you quite put it into context yet that under a few days ago, you were sat at home, not here, and now you're two <laughs> games from being the World Grand Prix champion? Yeah, but you know what? A week ago, I didn't even know this tournament had was going ahead. <laughs> Honest to God, I didn't even know. And then I found out like Monday, oh, if someone tests positive, you might be in, yeah. But I didn't wish that upon anyone. Maybe in the back of my mind I did, but... Looking ahead, the experience you've got over the summer of the field could be second to none 
going ahead, couldn't it? Because you've gone course and distance before in these big events. Do you think that stands you in good stead? Yeah, definitely. You know what? I feel as good as anybody. I'm playing probably the best darts of my life this year. I've, I've worked hard on my game. I've been practicing. I've been doing some weight training at home, which, you know, I just need to make myself feel better and things will happen. And sure enough, it's happening. When you dropped out of that top 16 only a few weeks ago, people yeah. started to write you off and say, Tyler Wimbledon won't come back. Yeah. Is this one to them and say, I'm still around, I can still play this game? Do you think you can get back into that top 10 again? Well, first of all, did they really say that? There, but... was, there was a lot online that said that the slide <laughs> yeah, was there. Yeah, but you know what? Class is permanent. <laughs> I've got a good game on me, but there's so many good players. Not, not right anybody off but there's so many good players right now and you have to play your best darts to get a result even on the floor tournaments 128 players you have to play your best to win the first round there's no easy game anymore and that's Dirk Van Dijvenbader for a place in the final yeah. that's probably not a game that you thought you'd be playing for a spot in that game is it? yeah but nothing surprises me in this format I mean everybody can play darts exactly what I just said double start, double finish sorts, you know, it levels people out. You know, if you're not on your game, you probably won't win. Simon, pleasure as always, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Cheers. And from one big upset on the evening to another opening game of the night, um, what a performance this was again. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think Gary Anderson has played horrendous here. It wasn't vintage, but he's been battered off the board by the aubergine farmer. I mean, look, there are times, right, with Gary where we just sit and go, he just isn't bothered, you know, and this time it wasn't one of those times. It was an okay performance. It wasn't great, but it wasn't vintage Gando, right? But don't take anything away here from Dirk van Dijvenboda. He absolutely bossed that game from start to finish. And... Tell me now, right, if this was in February or March of this year, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll be brutally honest. But then the lockdown happened. He went missing a bit during the summer series and the autumn series, but he qualified enough from the way that he performed, particularly in that spell between uh, in the first few spells between February and March, obviously making a Euro semi-final probably helped. And then obviously the UK Open, obviously I know it doesn't go on the Pro Tour order of merit, but the UK Open fifth round next to Mental Sudovic. He just seems to be getting better and better throughout this tournament. Like, you can look back on that mental Sudovic game, and it was dross. There's no doubt about it. It was toss. It was god-awful. If you'd, told me that, if you'd told me that he was going to be where he is right now after that performance, I'd have laughed you out of the room. Absolutely right. And I would not have disagreed with you entirely. But, you know, I would not have, you know, I would not have, have taken it harshly. Um, but then he goes and beats Dimitri Vandenberg in a really good game as well. He, he produced some great stuff to do that. And then he goes and knocks out the two-time world champion who still is yet to win this tournament. And again, the, the, I don't think there was a moment in that game where I thought, Ando's got this. You know, he managed to win the third set. He, he loses the first two sets, 2-0. And then he goes and wins the third set from 2-0 behind. He goes, he, 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 he goes out uh, and wins that third set from being 2-0 behind. And you're thinking, pride, okay, this could be a moment where Gando just takes over the match. Fourth set, first leg, Anderson with the darts. He takes 11 to get in. You can't do that, especially when, you, when your opponent is pinging in scoring for fun. 
it's not good enough. But he did the hard work to fight himself back into the match. Set play gives him a clean slate to, to have an attack at Dirk and, and just test his nerve a bit. Just go back at him. Like, you, if you're Dirk, you're looking at Gary going, he's a two-time world champion, match play champion and, and Premier League champion and all sorts. If he starts coming back at you, you're going to be a little bit edgy, a little bit tetchy going, oh crap, here he comes, right? Because he's got that reputation, he's got that name. But to miss 11 in that leg, you just handed it straight back to him, didn't you? All that, all that oh. hard work was undone. Dirk then got the dart, eases into a 2-0 lead again, and then Gary's got to fight all the way back again and, and just doesn't have it. OK, two questions then for you. The first one, and this simple yes or no answer, will Gary Anderson ever win this tournament? No. Secondly, and more importantly, if Dirk van Dijvenbode beats Son Whitlock tomorrow, he makes the final of this tournament. He makes the Grand Slam, you know, this year as well. Does that put him in the conversation for next year's Premier League? No. Really? He has, he has to win it. He has to win it. Why is that? Why, why, why... Because it's difficult to leave winners out, and it's. I can't see the contenders being back. I know this is a little bit of a tangent. I just don't see them coming back. I think times have changed now. They were brilliant for what they were. Um, I think lockdown coming in through halfway through this year has, has just put it off a little bit. And I think some of the picks were a little bit ropey. We, we've been over this either on Live Lounge or, or even back in the days of on the hockey, right? Some of the picks were a little bit ropey. Double people that? that had already played in it. Premier League. Um, I just contenders is done. So, so we're going to go off the basis that we think there's going to be ten players, and you just think of all the players that would then have to miss out. The, the top four are guaranteed. Dimitri's in because he's won the match play. Let's be fair; they've only ever left out one TV major winner. I just think he's got to win it to get in, because this, without being disrespectful, as good as a win here would be, there's a massive list of players that are better dark players than Dirk van Dijk are better. But in his debut like, year... If it's your, yeah, maybe. But if it's your time, it's your time, right? Fair saw enough. That with but I don't think he's got the game week in, week out to go and live with the likes of Peter Wright, Gerwin Price, Gary Anderson, Michael Van Gerwen. Like, he's not at that level yet. This win would be fantastic, yeah, once it's opened up and he's put into good performances but he is not ready to go and compete with the top eight players in the world or the top ten players in the world week in, week out. But he's certainly ready for his maiden TV semi-final. Here is Dirk van Dijvenbode after his win against Gary, talking with Phil. Huge congratulations. You're into the semi-final of the Ball Sports World Grand Prix and you've just completely outplayed a double world champion. Just sum up how you're feeling for us. Uh, can't believe it. In a way, um, I think I feel I felt perfect. Who's that? <laughs> Is that my next opponent? Uh, no. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I never believed I could have beat Gary. Um, to be honest, I thought I was always the underdog against Manchester Sujevic and Dimitri van der Berg. But I always had in mind I can beat them. And to be fair, when I play Gary, I. Didn't really have the, the the feeling that I could be Gary. 
because when I started playing dollars, Gary was, I always liked Gary. I was a big fan of him and I think he's so good that I never thought or realised that I could beat him. I saw at the end there, were you holding back tears of joy as you were coming off the stage? Oh, no, no, not tears, but I was. But you won't see me more happy than that. When you lost the third set, we could see the camera pan to you, and that look on your face was, oh, I've given a chance here, and that's someone you don't want to give a chance to, is it? Yeah, yeah, because I thought I could have finished it off earlier, and at the end, you got a one dart at a double, and there were stories going, they're still looking for that dart, because I didn't know where it went. <laughs> But they're still looking for it. Maybe uh, they found it, but it was so far off. Oh, unbelievable. We saw you very composed during the game. When you hit your double to start, you'd then take a step before you went for a treble. Was that just to reset yourself? Yeah, because I think um, going in double 16, it's, it's weird because your, your body is like this and then you have to go 20s. So I was like, sometimes it didn't happen. So I was like a step back. Maybe then you go, like, just start off triple 20 and it helped, I think. Not sure. Now into the top 64 in the world. That must feel quite good as well. Uh, not very thinking about that a lot, because I knew I would have been anyway if, if I compete my tournaments where I'm, at the moment, I think easily qualify for. The only risk at the moment is uh, being tested positive again of COVID. Then I won't be top 64. So it's it's nice to have it already. Yeah, um, it's very happy. Semi final to look forward to either Michael Van Gogh or Simon Whitlock. Would you like an all Dutch? No. Semi final. Would you prefer to play Simon? No, Mike was too good, so I prefer uh, Simon. <laughs> Don't, thank you very much. I wish you all the very best in the semi final. Cheers, Mike. So shots galore at the top half of the draw. In the top half of the draw. Not really shocks in the bottom half of the draw, certainly in the last quarterfinal gob, where Gerwin Price just put in another superb performance. Had to drop a set. He was forced to drop a set really from Jeffrey this one. It was the first time that he'd actually dropped a set or tournament, but it didn't really matter to him. A, a very, very comfortable 3-1 win. Yeah, the, uh, the backdoor final is no more, unfortunately, as the, the opposite number to Simon has fallen. Um, Gezi just looked very, very good again, didn't he? He's looked comfortable throughout this tournament. We spoke it before. He knows his MO when he wants to get in. Um, I just think he's getting in so routinely or he knows where he's going with his doubles. There doesn't seem to be that much stress or pressure on that. His, his scoring is so heavy, so ridiculous constantly. Um, I think he's yet to have an opponent really take the game to him. But even then, I just think the way he can get himself fired up at the minute, the way that he responds to it, it the, the darts he's playing at the minute is Van Gerwen-esque from a couple of years ago. Because every time a player then steps it up a gear and starts putting a string of a couple of legs together or starts trying to fight their way into the match, Gezi does something big and, and hits a 180 at the right moment or he, he takes out a ton plus gives it a big roar and that just completely deflates the other player. Whether we think the way that him and Michael and that go about that is, is sportsmanlike or not is, is a completely different debate for another day. But he, he is doing what Michael says in his interviews a lot. He's doing the right things at the right time, the big moments, when he needs them. Right, Anybody can have a big moment in a darts match. There's no good me going for, say, a nine-dart leg 
if I'm two nil up in a set and it's my darts. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit of a waste then. Not that nine darts ever a waste, but it has more impact if I go and do it in a deciding leg on my opponent's throw. And, and Gezi's putting together the impressive stuff when he needs it. Yeah, so for me, whenever he goes into a last leg decider in a set, you are automatically thinking he's going to come out on this, whether he's got the darts or whether he doesn't have the darts. And that is an amazing place to be when you're a darts player. And I, I, what I can't fathom, right, is that in the last, I'm going to say the last 12 months from time to time, when he, from back-to-back Grand Slam champions, appreciate he didn't really have the greatest match play, didn't really perform great at the, um, on the World Series stage, you know, he had a chance to beat the champ- to win the Champions League or at least had a dart to beat Marco Van Gogh in that semi-final, classic semi-final. From probably, say, when he won the Grand Slam again, he's been in the... Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to go through it here quickly. He's, gonna, he's been in the Players' Championship finals. He has been in the World Championship semi-final, been in a UK Open final, won a Euro Tour... Uh, what else has he done? He's been he's he's just been so consistent. He's won many many pro tours already. Won the Autumn Series Order of Merit. The last year for me, Price has just shot up those rankings. Yes, he was world number three, and yes, I get it, and and I get that he would. You can't say he shot the rankings, but for me, he's become a lot more consistent now. And he there was that title of Michael Van Gerwen and Peter Wright after the World Championships. I appreciate Price was starting to edge up there. But there really is now that dynasty of those three that can go and win a title. And with Michael Van Gerwen out, I can't see anybody stopping him, deservedly, going to world number two in the world. Mm. Uh, I think a certain bearded person from lands far away and down under might have something to say about that. I generally think he's playing that well. Um, but but Gezi does look very, very good again. Um, yeah. What, what can you say? <laughs> Quick. What more can you say is the four that were in the Premier League must be very happy that he's not one of them. Correct, definitely. I don't know why he. I... Right. His form in the Premier League wasn't great. He didn't make the most of the fact that he, he drew an, a large amount of fixtures throughout. Um, but you wouldn't want to be playing him in the Premier League right now because I would make him favourite. Yeah, and also as well, I don't get why he hates A, he hates the Premier League and B, he hates the match play. But let's see what happens when that, when that comes around again next year. Quick word on this one. Not a bad tournament for for a man who wasn't supposed to be there. He'll be gutted, though, that he didn't get over Danny Knopper. So Danny Knopper will be Michael Van Gerwen's World Cup partner. Yeah, he's been carrying absolutely no form of late. We've been saying... He's dropped like, like an effing stone. Falling. Yep. That's why he didn't make it outright to start with. So fortunate that he did manage to to get in. Um, again, best wishes to, to Aidy and, and Stephen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he's made the most of it. You're not being funny. When two players get called up, because they missed out, you almost expect them to fall first round because they weren't good enough to get there outright to begin with. But they've both more than stepped up to the plate, made the most of their draws. Um, and, and made their way through and Simon's got a chance to go on and win it a quarterfinal for Jeffrey is, is, is massive for him obviously he's got a match play semi under his belt but if he keeps picking up these experiences these are the things that we expected to see from him from 18 months ago when he first burst on and, and started doing it so yeah all good experience for him um, it's just whether or not he can keep that consistency now and use this to really kick on for the rest of the year 
Well, let's hear from Going Price, though. Once again, another comfortable win in the Boyle Sports World Grand Prix. He's made his first ever semi-final at this event. He's understandably ecstatic when talking to Phil. Gezi, huge congratulations. You're into the semi-final. Finished it with a bit of style. You enjoyed that up there? Yeah, I did early on and obviously towards the end, but it was a bit patchy. I wasn't as consistent or as good as I was in the last round, so need to be a bit better if I want to beat Dave tomorrow night. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good win, but I need to improve. You started well, then Jeffrey came back at you, but you found it when it mattered. It was almost on tap at one point. Yeah, I don't think I went off. I think I was playing probably consistent all the way through and he just upped his game a little bit, which sort of, I, I did miss a couple of doubles, I think, in the second set, which let him, or the third set, which let him win a set. But yeah, I, I was always confident in the game, but I knew I couldn't slip up, slip up in the last set. Last seed standing as well, that must be a nice feeling that everyone else around you has, has gone and you're still there. Yeah, but it's still, you know, you, you can fall to anyone, especially like I've got Chizzy in the next round and then either Simon or you know, Dirk in, in the final if I get it. But they're all tough games. I just look towards Dave tomorrow and hopefully I can win that one and then look forward to a final. Tournament favourite now outright, but beforehand you were tongue-in-cheek that you should have been the favourite perhaps coming into it the way you've been playing. No, no, I, I have a little bit of joke now and again. Obviously Michael's going to be favourite for every tournament, but hopefully soon enough in the future I'll change. Speaking of that, if you were to win this, you'd go to world number two. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. It's something that you almost got to last year. Is it ranking something that you look at and do you want to be world number one? No, I think number two, number three, it doesn't really matter. I know number one is probably the, the main target. So, yeah, I'm, I'd be happy to get a number two just to say that I've been there, but that's not my priority. My priority is to be a world champion and be world number one. Speaking of the world championships, I know it's somewhere that you haven't particularly played well, but are all roads now in all preparation for the world championships, all these tournaments that are obviously nice to win, but it's all this heading towards the big one. Yeah, obviously I like to build towards certain tournaments, but I've never really done well in this tournament. I don't know what it is with the set format, but I've done well this year. Last year in the Worlds, I've done really well. I got the semi-final, so you know, I'm becoming a better player all around and not just in in the normal tournaments, but where it's set format as well. So hopefully I can go and win this tournament give my best shot in all the rest of the tournaments and give it a good crack in the world. So I think um, maybe world number one. Then. Obviously, last one for me, you got Chizzy tomorrow. Has he used up all of his nine lives though, coming from <laughs> behind in both games? He's, he's dodged some bullets, so do you think that luck might have run out? I don't know. I mean, you, you, need, a, you need some luck to win tournaments and, you know, is this the luck that Chizzy needs? You know, but hopefully he doesn't get any more <laughs> luck in, in, the, in the next round. Hopefully I can just play my A game and and blow him off the board, but you know, like I said, you need a bit of luck to win tournaments. It might be his day, but hopefully not. Kenzie, thanks very much as always, champ. Cheers. Final game of the night, and it was, it, it's last because it's not a story. Let's be fair. Um, but it was a good game nonetheless. Two players that been in good form, and, and they made a real scrap of this. Dave Chisnell and, and Joe Cullen with Cullen again finding a way to not come through a game where he's got an opportunity to really kick on. Chisnell, <laughs> the man's running out of lives. 
uh, th- th- there's that, there's that, and then some. Although, to be fair, we shouldn't be surprised with this because every game that Joe Cullen has been involved in at the World Grand Prix this year has gone to a last leg decider. So why the hell weren't we surprised? The only surprising aspect of this game was the fact that George Noble wasn't calling it and said it was Russ Bray. Um, so, uh, so there was that. Um, this was again a strange old game, and I think the reason why we've got this one last is because, like you say, a it's not really that big of a story but also because it was just such a strange game um the, the first two the end of those first two sets gob they were hashtag pub darts there's no doubt in my mind you can't miss you can't miss nine darts for a set for a kickoff from cheers that was the first set and then both of them i think from my memory serves me correctly you, you've got um, Chisnell missed five set darts and Cullen missed six to who uh, to, to win the to win the second set. That was ha- that is hashtag pub darts. Yeah, not not great for me either. Um, <laughs> no, corner slate of too much. We've all been there, but yeah, pressure. I, I think they both knew how good their opponent is and how well they've been playing throughout this tournament, and just a little bit of tension. They both got a great opportunity to push on and possibly pick up this title. I mean, they're in the half that Gezi's still left in, but yeah, <laughs> they're in a major semi-final. Well, they just not Liz. Joe Cullen, big moment for me, again, wasn't necessarily the third set because anybody can have a bad set, switch off, okay, whatever. Big chance for me was when Cullen missed three darts in the third leg to go within two of to go within one of the match. Chisnell cleans at 25, 2-1 lead, hits a 1-5-5 to go and take the fourth set, send the match into a deciding set. You know, it was it is what it is. Thing is though, Chisnell for me in that game was he was like a check and hide on the checkouts. If it was like a one dart checkout, he decided he, he could he could hit it. If it was like every three at the dart, he couldn't he couldn't hit for toffee. You know, taking out two 150s, a 155, wiring a 1-4-8 as well. It was a strange old performance. But in the end, I guess it shows the the, uh, the sort of the advantage of having the ball. Um, you could even afford to miss three, three match darts and still get the job done. It's not very often we give Dave Chisnell praise for his finishing under pressure. Like, his three in hand is normally where he keeps himself in matches and his Finishing under pressure is normally what lets him down, and it, it did let him down in the early stages, found himself behind, but he found a way to get over the line again. That winning dart, by the way, superb. In the words of, in the words of the great late Sid Waddell, or the late great Sid Waddell, eat your heart out, Isaac Newton. That was unbelievable to find the double ten from that position. Yeah, very, very good. I'd, I'd be proud of that one. <laughs> we'll talk about this in a second <laughs> quick word on Cullen very quick word on Cullen another quarter final for him another game which could have gone either way had he won tonight he would have he would have gone over and would have got into the top well he would have been into 17th spot um, as it is he hasn't got there um, but he's got over Stephen Bunting which is a bit of a shame for Bunting because he can't even have a chance defending that money and trying to get trying to keep his place but he's into 20th now in the world, but it's so tight between that 20 and 17 spot. Um, 
You've got A.D. Lewis on 237.500, 23625 for Johnny Clayton, 2345 for Dobie, and then 229.5 for Cullen. That's very tight. They're tight for 17. But would you want to be 17? I think Cullen's in the, probably the best place at this moment in time at 20 because if you're going that as, as a world championship, you take on Michael Smith or Rob Cross and you'd avoid Peter Wright, Gerwin Price or uh, Michael Van Gerwen in the third round, which wouldn't be too bad for you, surely? Yeah. I mean, you always want to be as high as you are. That, that of course. It's what sportsmen strive for, but it's not, like you said, it's not the worst place to be when you can figure the draw and how it goes and all that sort of thing. I'm just starting to ponder whether Joe will ever be a top eight player, whether he'll go on to pick up majors and, and, and be a perennial winner, if you like. Yeah. Um, he's been in this situation enough times now where he, he's starting to become the nearly man. He, all right, he's won a Euro Tour and he's fantastic in doing so. And that was probably a bit overdue by the time he picked that one up as well. But Chisnell was there tonight, let's be honest. I think he's been there throughout the tournament. And whilst the, the comeback from Chis is good, you just think he should have been put away a lot earlier than that. But and, and that's said- where Jeff slipped out. Yeah, but having said that, though, genuinely, how many times have we said that about Cullen? How many times? Mm-hmm. I keep saying the same thing about him as well mm. now. Like, you just want him to kick on and prove that he is good enough to be one of the best players in the world. And it, it'll do something. It'll do a little snapshot. It'll put in a good performance somewhere. And then we're back to questioning if he's got it in him again. For Chis, though, how important is that win? Semi-final of a Grand Prix. You're in a position now where, looking at the order of merit, yeah, okay, you can't jump over anybody. But, well, sorry, you can, actually. You could jump to number nine in the world if you beat Gerwin Price tomorrow. Appreciate that. That's a very, very tall order. But if he goes and wins the semi-final tomorrow, guaranteed a slam spot, and he could be one win away from his first ever TV title again, against either Simon Whitlock or Dirk Van Dijvenbode. Appreciate, you've got to go through the world number three. But Price still, I'm still, as much as he hasn't, as much as he's dazzled this week, he still hasn't had that really amazing performance against a top player at this tournament. No disrespect to anybody, but he, that he, of course, you know, Watamina um, and, uh, and, and Dizwan and everybody else that he's played. But I still reckon in this tournament, Price is there for the taking. And if Chis can get over the line again tomorrow, and are you tell him at the start of the week, you've got to be going Price for a final against Simon Whitlock or Dirk Van Dijvenbode, he would have ripped your arm off. Easily. I think the entire field would have. Mm. Crack at Gezi to be in that final. Um, he could be massive for him. We're still waiting for him to kick on with a big one. Yes, he's won 15 PDC titles. Is he so kindly reminded everybody in his press conference the other day. Um, yes. It could be massive for his career. We thought he was on a bit of a rise when he first swapped manufacturer um, back in the last season. Yes. I think it was. And yes. he went through a bit of a purple patch in form, shall we say. And he's dropped off a little bit since then, but this could be the, the rebirth of it, if you like. Um, 
you've just got an opportunity now to kick back on again. Inevitably, you win this tournament, you're in the Premier League. Yep. You just are. They're not going to go leaving out major winners. We've just been through this with Dirk. We could just say the same about Simon. I'm going to say the same about Chisnell. Gezi's already in, right? The other yeah. three have got an opportunity to be in the Grand Slam, to push up to... The prize money's massive. Right? The jump that it can do for any of them is huge. It can position them slightly better in the world rankings. And like, I think they're going to be in the Premier League. If they're not, they've been very, very unlucky. And one of the top 10 boys has got a, that's at risk. Someone like a Rob Cross or a Daryl Gurney has to go win the Players' Championship and then make a world final. Do you know what I mean? Michael so Smith as well. I, I, I still, I'll keep that there now, saying that Michael Smith's in danger. If that combination of results comes in, then you'd be massively unlucky to miss out. But until then... You've got to be thinking, if you're going to pick up a major title and your name's not Paul Nicholson, you're going to be in. Will Dave Chisnell be in the Premier League next year? To do that, realistically, he's got to win two games. He's got to beat Gerwin Price tomorrow, but he beats Joe Cullen 3-2 in another comeback classic in Coventry. Here he is talking with Phil. Dave, huge congratulations. Thank you. You're into the final four for Sports World Grand Prix. Another drama-packed night up on that stage for you. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, my family are going to have a heart attack if it goes like that tomorrow night. So, you know what? It's just it's one of them. It's, you, I threw out the doubles, cleaned. They're just hitting the wires, they're not going in. Normally they can hit the wire and go in, but tonight, tonight they weren't going in. So. But like I say, I never gave up in the game with darts. I'm there, I'm there to do a job, but I'm not going to just roll over and let him steam me 3-0 and when I got that setback, I think I won it 3-0 I thought yeah I'm going to win this again when you came off a 2-0 down were you telling yourself I did this last night I can do it again tonight no 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 I was more I was, I was like what is going on why am I missing these doubles the last night when I was behind 2-0 I deserved to get me I need it miss the doubles but he didn't have many doubles I had the doubles first that's what did, did me like well, last night when I had the double first I, I hit but tonight I didn't. But when they did, like you say, when they come off, I just said, listen, he's not won it yet. I'm just going to go out and just score like he had been. Because my game was better than his, I think. I think I scored well better than him. Three-figure finishes weren't a problem tonight. It was when you had three darts in hand was was a problem. But like you say, they were good darts. They were literally all on, along the yeah, wire. Yeah, they were on the wire. They weren't, they weren't like hitting the wire outside of the board. It was um, good darts and what. I think the 12 where I went underneath was a little bit off the wire and I'm normally good on double 12 as well. It's not, it's, I like, when I go for the 9 dart, yeah, I go to the 19 instead of 15. I hit, the, I, I hit him. I'm, I'm normally good on it, but a bit of tension probably, a bit of nerve, nerve nerves up there because Joe Cullen is a great dart player. Tops wasn't your friend tonight. Are you going to change the MO tomorrow? No, listen, I'll, I'll go in there. I'll, <laughs> I'm always going to go in there. I'm gonna go, first read, I'll always go for Tops. And if it doesn't go, I, I know when it's not going to go because it's dragging it. Because I'm dragging it, I, tonight I was going high. So I thought, 36 is a little bit lower, but I need it a lot. I even finished on it a lot today. When you come through two games like you've done the last two nights, do you sometimes believe your name's on that trophy when things like this Oh, happen? no, never, never think that. Oh, I, I've done that, I've done that thing when I'm in the final, so I'm going to beat this. Beat, beat Phil, I'm going to beat Van Gerwen, but... And I get destroyed. So I don't ever think that. I just think 
If that's all it comes to me, that's when I say, yeah, it's mine. Not before. One game at a time, everybody says, and, I, and I'm taking that this week. Pleasure as always, mate. Thank you very Thank much. You. Dave Chisnell talking through his victory over Joe Cullen and now joining us for the Phil Bars take is Phil Bars, actually. Uh, PB, a very good morning to you. We're just past midnight again on another ridiculous night at the Boar Sports World Grand Prix. Um, Gob has said that you were crying your eyes out earlier on in the hotel room. Have you recovered yet? <laughs> I've, only just, I've only just got back to the hotel. I haven't had a chance yet. Um, <laughs> give, give me a half hour on repeat on the way. Hold on. <laughs> Classic 2002 track when England got beaten by Brazil in the World Cup. Yes, very much so. Stop crying your heart out. Oh, Mason, what a tune that is. What a tune that is. Um, well, uh, well, there's only one place to start. Um, 9-2, Simon Whitlock beats Margot Van Gerwen in legs. Whitewashed him 3-0. Ridiculous. I genuinely think that's the best I've seen Simon Whitlock play in probably over a decade. Well, he was probably since the 2010 World Championships, I would say. He was absolutely magnificent this evening. No, nothing short. He was just from start to finish. I think there was a 107 in the first set, and then the the yep. ton tops tops in set two. Yeah. Um. Yeah, look, he he was just. Magnificent this evening. Like I, I said this to God before, there was no shame for MVG to lose to that tonight. Absolutely no shame. No, I actually think Michael didn't play that badly. No, he, he lost the first set with under eight average. Yes, but he missed darts. Oh, Absolutely mad. <laughs> but he missed darts at crucial moments, and and I said this to you after the Ritaiski game. I didn't say after Devon's game because I thought Devon. Blue chances, but I'm still not sold on him on the outer ring. Two or twelve tonight, and I appreciate that when your opponent's battering you there and putting yourself under pressure. I appreciate it can wilt, but we don't see that from MBG very often. Still, we don't see that very often, and that's where I'm thinking. I'm not suggesting that you know he's still not miles better than the field, but there are moments where you can get at him, and that's two straight victories now for Whitlock over him, and big ones as yeah, well. No, I know we all had the conversation off air the other day that maybe this tournament had come too soon for Michael's work mm. that he'd been putting in recently. Mm. But I think there are certainly signs there that there's good times ahead for the green machine. But if he plays like this on the double, if he goes like this on the outer ring, he, he, he won't win games. It's as simple as plain as that. Yeah, but there were, there were issues going off as well today where if you're scoring well, like I know everyone says scores for show, doubles for dough to a degree, but the game has changed now where they score that heavy. If you score heavier than anyone else, you're buying yourself more opportunities on the outer ring. So there's one or two darts or five or six darts. God, we've already talked about this game you're in particular. Used, he's not used to needing five or six darts though, is he? That's the worry for him. Yeah, like, I think he's one. Don't get me wrong; the way he goes around the board is it's still better than anybody else in the world. Like he uses the different segments, and he, he's planning where he's going to finish a leg three visits out, right? But I'm with Jar. I'm not sold on his on his finishing at the minute. I just think where he was so good and so clinical when he went over the last few years and, and picked up whatever title he fancied was. 
on demand, under pressure, he had whatever double or finish in his locker that he wanted. And that's not there at the minute. No, it's not 100% there, but I've, I've seen enough signs to say that one, Vincent was right, he had got complacent. And two, yeah. that the recovery work has absolutely started. Yeah, yeah. There, was a, there was a moment or reaction earlier when it wasn't going his way and they almost, they, they, there was a little cut camera to him and he's just screaming because he's missed. Like, yeah, we're, we're in the Premier League. Like, his face just changed. Like, it, was, it was a mid little cutaway and I wish I still had it or videoed it. And he's just like roaring but without any sound because he's so annoyed. Yeah, we're we in the Premier really League, he was missing. Yeah. That's what I mean. In the Premier League when he was missing, that wasn't there. Which, like we were talking about, that you can see the recovery has started. Yeah. But Simon Whitlock is into a semi-final of a World Grand Prix where he plays Dirk van Dijvenbode. Plans of anybody who had that at the start of the week. Anyone? Anyone that put, uh, anyone that, anyone that put their hands up? <laughs> what, Whitlock? I did put on Twitter the minute that he got in that he'd make at least a quarter. I'm taking that. I'm running with it because the rest <laughs> of my predictions have been shite. <laughs> but seriously, anybody anybody had that semi-final? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? <laughs> Just no one. No one had that golf. No one had that semi-final lined up. Nobody. Brilliant performance from the Aubergine Machine. I'm going to call him that now. He's the nickname. Aubergine Machine. I'm calling him that now. I bet I love you for that. Oh, why not? Why he's not? massive and all, so I you wouldn't call it to his face. Uh, he's built like a barn door, he's built like a barn motor. He makes Big Dev look like a cuddly little bear, doesn't Big Dirk? <laughs> obviously, I, I can't say on air, on air, but how he celebrated as well. Oh, my days, he's a proper lad. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, like I say, no one had this at the start of the, no- at the, start of the night, never mind the week. Um, where's this come from, from this performance from, this, from back in February and March, it would seem? Debut year uh, back at the Grand Prix, and he's made his maiden PDC TV semi final. Yeah, look, he rode his luck early on in the tournament. However, he was mint this evening. He outplayed the double world champion. Granted, I don't even think that... Gary's, yeah, Gary's doubling was shite. Yes, but I don't think I, I don't think Gary played that bad. Seven of fifteen on the doubles ain't that bad. No, his starting doubles were awful. Oh, no, hundred percent. No, I, I I totally agree with you there. Like trying to get eleven darts when you have just won the third set and you've got the game and you've got the fourth set with your darts, you can't take eleven to get into the first leg. I'm with you there entirely, but I don't think he played that badly. It was averaging mid nineties through the majority of the game. I just think that it, it, it's typical Gary. He plays well one minute and then just doesn't the next. Which is why the Premier League, you'd probably back him to win it because he's just if he turns up and plays well in that first game, he plays well for the rest of the night. Yeah. He's a complete momentum rhythm player, and if he gets going yeah. at that Premier League, he's a threat. Like, which, which is why this is controversial. That 
even if Glenn Darren doesn't win the Premier League, topping the Premier League is a bigger achievement than winning on finals night. Ooh. Because uh, you've been the best player over 16 weeks, not one night. Yeah, but you, but, but fact, again, I'll no, give you that because Barney's won a Premier League but never topped it. So, yeah. Exactly. But, I, I was about to say that the, the year Barney won, <laughs> Barney won the Premier League, he snuck in to the fourth and he was in, in spells, he was dog shit in that Premier League. But on that one night, he played well and won it. But this is my thing about the Premier League. I'm sure we'll discuss this next week on the Live Lounge on Wednesday before the Premier League preview. My biggest thing with the Premier League is this. This year, I don't think it is that big of an achievement because you're not because you're playing back-to-back-to-back-to-back nights this year. Normally, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'd listen to it. But this year, the Premier League title means something this year. I do believe that. No, I'm still not convinced. Well, David Ivan-Boda won't be in the Premier League, but could be next year. <laughs> if he makes, if he wins this tournament, third by Diamond Boda in his debut year in the BDC, could do a Rob Cross and be in the Premier League. <laughs> I don't, I don't think just Dirk. I think genuinely three of the four semi-finalists until now weren't in Premier League contention. That's an understatement. They've been nowhere Massively. near. I was, I was in Premier League contention over some of these, <laughs> and now there's well-known, recognised players absolutely praying that Gerwin Price wins this event. Well, let's talk about him quickly. Again, looked looked very, very good. Comfortable win. Yes, he dropped a set for the first time this tournament, but comfortable win. And it's interesting that he plays Chisnell. We'll come on to Chisnell as well, actually, when we talk about both of them. Chisnell and Cullen. Um, that game was interesting. Again, uh, I don't know why Chisnell likes to just let uh, players go two nil up on him or go uh, two sets the good on him, but that's how it works in this tournament. Funny, isn't it? Uh, funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, funny, <laughs> fair. Just, just funny, isn't it? <laughs> it's like it's like in between is me. What'd you do that for? Funny, uh, funny, isn't it? yeah. <laughs> so Gerwin Price gets that other semi final, and like you say, if Chisnell knocks out Gerwin Price tomorrow night, wow, <laughs> the Premier League is a mess. <laughs> Uh, yes. Contenders is gone. I'll tell you that yes. from the start. Yes. We don't like these people. Anyway, but if this happens, if, this, <laughs> if that result happens, contenders is gone. Put your house on it. We like using the <laughs> yeah. We we like using the p word on this show, but I didn't think we'd have to use it about this tournament. I'll be brutally honest. But like I say, uh, Phil, comfortable win for Gavin Price. Not so comfortable for Chisnell, but. For once, Chisnell's getting through games that he shouldn't be winning. That is unlike Dave Chisnell. Yeah, it is. But I'd still say, under pressure, the action reverts to type. I think Sky did a slow-mo when he'd let the dart go. His head was all over the place. And you can see him trying to correct the dart mid-air. Like he's trying to conjure a spell on it or something. Because it's just out of sync. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just waiting for the side-by-side of Richie Burnett because it's going to get that bad. Oh, to be fair, wouldn't it be nice, right, if we could just morph together the Dave Chisnell snatch with the Richie Burnett shoulder and scorpion leg? How good a throw would that be? You'd kill someone. <laughs> You'd kill someone. You'd kill me sat in the cheap seats at the back of the Premier League, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be... Majestic to watch. 
it, it would defy science. <laughs> it definitely would. Biology would biology just wouldn't allow it. <laughs> it would be brilliant, wouldn't it? I'm not this, denying that. Yeah, men. This is this, 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 <laughs> this podcast is setting into a farce again at the end of the show. Uh, right, Gob, performance of the night, go. Dirk. Really? Uh, I get Gary wasn't. Yeah, he was unbelievable. I, I get Gary wasn't superb, and he, he wasn't a hundred percent. That's the performance that we used to Gary. But even if he had been, Dirk was just superb, start to finish. Uh, the thing is, we, we're speaking a lot about Gary not playing great, but I don't think Dirk allowed him to. He just had no, him under pressure constantly. Uh, Dirk. You're wrong. It's Sam Whitlock because he won nine two against the world number one. Um, but you're entitled to your wrong opinion. Um, PB, it has to be Whitlock for me. I thought he was just sensational, and like I said, the best I've seen him in a decade. Out of interest, God, why have you gone with Dirk over Whitlock? Whitlock battered the world number one off the board. I forgot about Whitlock. <laughs> <laughs> Thank the Lord. Okay. So sanity prevails on this the show. the same way that whenever you ask me, like, what's going to be the game of the night the next night that I'm really looking forward to, it's whichever one I can remember of the four, if I'm not concentrating, listening to your spiel for 10 minutes. Well, let's not talk about the game of the night. Let's not talk about a game. What's that? Sorry? I'll be honest as the professional that I am. Good man. <laughs> Uh, well, let's actually discuss, rather than discuss uh, which semi-final is going to be better, let's just discuss who's making the Grand Prix final, because it is an absolute mess, this draw. Uh, we start off, obviously, Simon Whitlock against Dirk van Dijvenboda. Top half of the draw goes on first, and then Dave Chisnall against the only seed left in the competition, and the only man who is definitely going to be in the Premier League next year. And that is the world number three. Going Price, of course, could go to world number two if he wins this tournament. I keep saying it just to annoy my co-host, Jack Garby Garwood. Uh, right. Uh, Simon Whitlock against Dirk van Dijvenboda to start with uh, Phil. Um, whose magical run comes to an end here? Van Dijvenboda. Score? It is first of four, isn't it? It's best of seven, yes. First I'm, glad, four. I'm glad you're going first, yeah, because I was about to ask the same We can't remember this format because this format's changed that many times so, over the years. To, to, to be fair, Dave literally just emailed me through my media pack for tomorrow and I haven't had a chance to read it yet. He'd have told me and then. Um, <laughs> Simon. For what, sorry, Simon? Four, what's the score? Four two to Simon. Four two. Okay, donkey. Gobby. Four one. To, to the Simon. Same man. Yeah, sorry, Dirt. Oh, I mean, he's he's been fantastic throughout this tournament. Um, obviously, wasn't a great first round, but he's built on that. He's made the most of his opportunity. But Simon's just looked so comfortable throughout this entire tournament. He, he put in a fantastic performance against Dobie. He's just done another one against Michael Van Gerwen. He, 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 he's got a starting double on demand whenever he wants it. 
like I said earlier tonight, you hit a double 19 to get in on one leg and you hit a double 15 to get in a couple of legs later. I was, I was just laughing. Like, why on earth is anybody starting on any of them doubles? Even after misses as well. Like, he's missed darts to get in on those legs and was like, I know what's going to get me out of trouble here. Double 19. Said no one ever. The man's a lunatic. <laughs> You're both lunatics because you're predicting the wrong man, in my opinion, anyway. Dirk van Dijvenboda wins this match by four sets to three. So you're I'm the chainsaws out of petrol. Uh, I can't <laughs> knock back against the chainsaw now that he's in a semi-final. I wanted to pick that. I, I wanted to do... Go on. Oh, can I tell you for why? We're in the bubble and they're not, not allowing flammable liquids in and he's out of gas. <laughs> I honestly genuinely believe that the Wizards can't play as good as he has done throughout this entire tournament. Um, look at the uh, betting markets for our friends over at Boyle Sports. Price is now the evens favourite to win the title. Whitlock has got a three to one chance. Chisholm's price is seven to two, and then Dive and Bodus is as uh, seven to one. I'm gonna go with it. I, 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 three to one earlier today. Yes, and I think I think that Van Dive and Bo- look. This deal, if it's your time, it's your time. And for me, it is Dirk van Dijvenboda's time. He's playing. You, you come through an absolute mess of a first-round game against Mensal Sudovic, and he's just built and built and built, and he's just looked solid. And I am going to say that Dirk van Dijvenboda makes a maiden PDC final, certainly on television, by beating Simon Winlock four sets to three and gets into the Grand Slam this year why not why not I'm, pr- I'm sure we're going to be sitting here tomorrow and I'll be absolutely wrong but I don't care I love you Chainsaw uh, Day against Gerwin Price then ends the night and Gob you can pick first on this one the score and who joins well your case Whitlock uh, my case Van Dijvenboda in the final I need a hero and that hero wears yellow in Sir David we trust (laughs) or we pin our last hope anyway because (laughs) because he gets to the final he ain't getting stopped Um, yeah I'm I'm doing it go on up the the Dave score whatever Dave wants it to be no uh, I'm going to (laughs) say 4-3, I think it goes all the way. He, he, uh, we're completely wrong about his action. It, it's all a myth. It's completely safe under any sort of pressure. Um, and he'll be 3-1 down or something stupid and then just go, nah, <laughs> this was funny. It's time to play and batter him off the board. <sighs> Phil, give some reason, please. Uh, yes, the Iceman will win. I know, and he'll be world number two. Wrong. Um, no, I'm going 4-2 to Gezi. Chisnell can't keep dodging bullets. Yeah. He's got no. Boris the Blade in Snatch. He can't. And if Chizik, or sorry, if Gezi carves out the same opportunities that Joe Cullen carved out, he's not passing them up. So... Here's my thinking, right? Here's my thinking. You're Gerwin Price. That I've picked Dave before you, ain't you? No, 
this genuinely, I'm not. This is not me trying to play favourites or anything. Like this is a toss of a coin for me. Because Gezi, even though he's looked great this week, he still hates this format. And cheers. Again, it's the same with I've said with Dirk Dime, Dirk If it's your time, it's your time. <sighs> do I go with my head? I don't go with what I'm thinking. Well, do I go with my head or do I go with my heart on this one? Go with logic and common sense. Oh, yeah, because that wins sporting matches all the bloody time, <laughs> doesn't it? Miedi says that's why we watch sport. If, if common sense won sport, we'd never watch it. If common sense won sport, then Michael Van Gerwen and Gary Anderson would have been through tonight. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Miedi wouldn't support Man United, idiot. <laughs> Coming from you after the seven-two. Let's not let the, let's not throw pe- people in glass houses. We're talking about football, are we, gents? No. We're talking about football. <laughs> Football doesn't exist, Phil. It doesn't happen. Not without fa- football. That fans is nothing. Hashtag let fans in. Mead's saying that Dave Chisner wins this game because that's just what he does at the Grand Prix. But Miart is saying that Gerwin Price batters him off the board. Sod it. I'm going Miart. He wins this 4 1. That cheese will get a set, but Gezi will win 4 1. But. My head is saying to me that Dave Chisnell is going to be a World Grand Prix finalist tomorrow and the Premier League picks are going to be a mess, which is what I love. <laughs> I was definitely expecting your head and heart to be the other way around then. No, because <laughs> my heart, obviously, is, my heart is getting all the way. We know this. I'm going to be coming in a black, and, a black shirt tomorrow and, uh, and, and swearing and screaming at everybody. But me, my head is saying that because Chiz has been in this sort of run, if it's your time, it's your time. And it looks like it could be his time. You don't judge seven match darts for it to not be your time to finally win a TV title. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I'm going to stick with it. Going Price wins it. So in my head's going to be Van Dijvenberger against Price. Phil's going with Whitlock against Price. And uh, God was going with Whitlock against Chisnell. So we basically covered three out the four, um, three out the four potential prices there. So we could, so if we put some money on it together, uh, if one of our other members of our team puts the other one on Van Dijvenberg against Chisnell, then uh, then we're then we're laughing. Really, we've covered the spread. <laughs> Generally, if the final ends up being Van Dijvenberg against Chisnell, we might as well go home. Can we cancel twenty twenty one as well? Why is that? Because I can't be doing 16 weeks for that. <laughs> oh, man, it's hilarious. That I think it would be brilliant. The Dirt Van Dijk walk-on? Walk on. No. The point at Nottingham. Yes, please. I'm all over that. I'll jump up and down the aisle with the mad judge. I bet. I think I think we've I think we've slowly, gentlemen. I think we've not even slowly on this one. I think we've actually gone mental. So let's leave it there. Um, right, Jacob Garwood, Phil Bars. Thanks again for joining us here on the World Grand Prix Daily. Uh, we've all got a bit mental. We've all got a bit stir crazy because of what a night of darts we've had. Simon Whitlock batters Michael Van Gerwen. He wins nine two in legs, three nil in sets to make a World Grand Prix semi final once again, where he will play Dirk Van Dijvenbeder, who also made a maiden Grand Prix semi final because he beat Gary Anderson by three sets to one comfortably. In the other half of the draw, no real surprise. Gerwin Price beats Jeffrey Deswan 
by three sets to one. And uh, Dave Chisnell comes back once again from 2-0 down to join uh, Gezi in the semi-final, where he reached her Cullen by three sets to two. Semi-final night tomorrow then. It is a best of seven. Tom Whitlock against Dirk van Dijvenboda and then Dave Chisnell against Gerwin Price. First to four sets will get them into the final. Make sure you join it with us. We're again on from 6.45, onlinedarts.com with our live blog. We'll also have a daily tips section, of course, from our friends over at Boyle Sports. Make sure, of course, you're following Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram to search Online Darts on any one of those platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel right now where you'll get reaction from the finalists quicker than anybody else inside the bubble with Phil Bars. So on behalf of all of us, once again, thanks for continuing to listen. Thanks again to continue to listen to our nonsense. We really do appreciate it. Take care, sleep well, and we'll see you tomorrow when we will know our finalists for the Boyle Sports World Grand Prix. Goodbye. 